and welcome back to Uneducated, the show where we feel dumb so you don't have to. I'm your host, Cami Scott, and I've said this before, but this may be the most highly requested guest I have ever had. Going into season three, I asked you guys a lot who you want to see on the show, and you know what? You guys want Erica Sullivan. So we got her. We got queer icon, Olympic medalist, college student, comedy goals. She's incredible. And just, I can't fathom achieving the things that she has achieved at her age or ever. I mean, I'm not going to get an Olympic medal ever. So I guess, yeah, what she did by 20. I will never do, which is kind of sad, but you know, we're all on our own journeys. It's totally fine. I loved the, I was going to say watching the Olympics this year, but you know what? I didn't watch most of the Olympics. I have to be honest. I did watch Erica Sullivan's race. It was a 1500 free, 1500 meter freestyle. I think. I hope I did said that right. I'm sorry, Erica, if I didn't. I'm horrible at my swimming knowledge, which we learned during this episode. Um, but I don't know. Something about this year, it was like harder to find on TV. And that's a me problem, not a TV problem. But I just didn't watch as much in that I have in past years. But what I did watch is Olympic TikTok. And there was like so much drama. It was so fun. It was so interesting. So that's where I was at with my Olympic journey. Erica has made such a name for herself. I, and we talk about this in the episode, but I just loved her speech after meddling at the Olympics. She referred to herself as the epitome of an American. And yeah, I just love that so much. I don't want to get too much into it now because I really like the conversation we have on it. Um, I feel way too official right now I'm wearing a blazer which paired with the right things feels nice and casual and I wear blazers often but sat here and looking at the viewfinder and you can only see like my chest up I look like a newscaster and with the newspapers behind me I don't know maybe it's a vibe I'm overthinking it I just wanted to quickly share a little story this episode's a bit longer so I want to jump into it and not do too long of an intro but I have to share kind of a running joke so A lot of you probably don't know, I used to figure skate when I was younger, like way younger. I think I started in, I don't know, first grade, third grade, I don't know. (laughs) I have a weird memory issue where I don't remember things, especially what age I was. Like if you ask me what age I was when I got my period, I don't know that. Everyone else who gets a period seems to know that date. I don't know that. Anyways, I used to figure skate from sometime in elementary school to the end of middle school and had a lot of embarrassing moments during it. Now that I'm like reminiscing in my head, I performed in front of my entire elementary school and my music went out. So I kind of just like stupidly skated around. Anyways, that's not the point of this story. (laughs) I was figure skating and the reason I stopped was because, oh, let me back up. I need to say that I was not very good, and I knew that. I knew that. I knew I was not great. However, with sports like figure skating, you are, like, early on set up to 
either go to the Olympics or you don't do it. It's an expensive sport. It's so time consuming. I would cry all the time that I didn't have any friends because I couldn't go hang out with them. I only had my skating friends. Um, It's a lot. You don't just do it as a fun hobby. I feel like it's similar to probably how people feel about gymnastics. So once I started to get less than awful my someone approached my mom about like us moving somewhere I don't even know where um she knows and training to go to the Olympics and my mom does not hold back when she tells a story I really wish she could tell it right now I should have called her and had her explain this to you maybe I will do that in our group chat I'm going to be in Pittsburgh this weekend, so maybe I'll get a little voice memo from her and send it to the group chat. So if you're not in there yet, go to the show notes. Go join that group chat because it is so fun. Um, But anyways, my mom just like laughed and was like, what are you talking about? She's not good enough. Have you seen her? Like, she does not try to spare my ego when she tells a story. And I, I appreciate that about my mom. I'm not, I'm not upset by it. She loves to humble me. And you know what? I think that's what like mother-daughter relationships are for sometimes because that woman does keep me very humble. <laughs> my dad gasses me up. I have enough of that. And my mom, I'm not saying my mom does not acknowledge my accomplishments. She's a wonderful lady. But she doesn't beat around the bush, especially with this story. Um, But yeah, she was kind of just like, ha ha, you're insane. Y'all just must want our money because my kid sucks. And then apparently like the next competition, I like won a bunch and she was like, maybe. Uh, But we did not do that. She asked me if I wanted to. I said, absolutely not. And that was it. Um, But yeah, I just, I think moms are funny sometimes, so... I just wanted to share that story. We, she's told it a lot. She's told it a lot of times, actually. I don't know how it always comes up, uh, but it does. So now that I'm about to talk to an Olympic athlete, I thought I should share my failures at my very near, near chances of going to the Olympics. It was very, very close. Definitely, definitely could have done it if I put my mind to it. Um, I need to be careful because I don't know if you guys can hear sarcasm as much as you can see it on my face. Anyways, without further ado, let's get into it. Enjoy Erica Sullivan. You've had a big year. I have. I (laughs) have. It's been a crazy year. You've had, well, like the past two years, I feel like we're big for the average human. And then you were like, let me just also pop by the Olympics and start college yeah and it's just like if you like (laughs) asked if you told me two years ago that this is where I would be in two years oh my god I would laugh so hard because I was committed to USC I was supposed to go to SoCal yeah I read that I've been I've been stalking you heavy these last couple days (laughs) um and yeah and then it's like now I'm in Texas and just like made a whole 180 it's been crazy what made you change your mind when you were going to go to school before? And then was it COVID? Were you like, um, this yeah, is all well, too much? During COVID, we had a coach change at USC. Okay. And it just like really, I got, it was like an opportunity for me to have a totally fresh start and be like, oh my God, wait, I'm not 16 anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, also just like, I was still closeted when I committed to USC and I just kind of wanted to go to like 
the most like stereo like at the time my range of just like lesbian was just so little and like (laughs) this is so crazy to think because like the LA lesbian squad was like all I knew in terms of like gay people exist so it was like so cow easy that is so so funny yeah like since then I've expanded and realized like oh shoot like people live in other places so like yeah so you're like let me go to conservative Texas shake it up <laughs> yeah well and I was so I, I told myself I'd never end up in Texas but like Looking Austin now. is super like liberal and okay yeah. so I was like I can do Austin Austin's awesome I love Austin if I had to live in Texas that's where it would be I love it here I love it here and like um yeah Shannon's from Dallas if mm-hmm. I remember correctly and I was like yeah. fuck no I'm never doing <laughs> Dallas ever <laughs> Dallas is spooky. I'm Dallas not a fan. Not yeah, a fan. It's, it's actually really funny. The only time I encountered, like, I don't even know if I should call it homophobia in Dallas was by a lesbian. It was the only time I had anyone say anything to me in Dallas, mm. but I also like, didn't go out in Dallas a lot. Like, and I'm, I'm very straight passing. So I'm sure like I would have gotten more if people knew, but I remember being in line and I, I was like a, it was like a Halloween gay thing. There's like a big thing in Dallas. I forget what it is, but I was waiting to go to the bathroom and this girl looked at us and was like, you, you guys are together. Yeah, I, I remember you talking about this on your channel. Oh, you're a real one. You know, I've watched all your guys' videos. This is like so crazy to me. Look at me like getting fully red and blushing. I got a facial today, so I can't put makeup on. So all of my redness is really going to show so don't so make me blush like and like honestly like in the best way possible like you have inspired me to have like so many interesting like perspective conversations like Taryn like inspired me to have like so I'm not religious and I have horrible relationship with the church and like mm-hmm. I don't plan on being religious but like Taryn's perspective on like creating like a positive experience with like gayness and church like just it expanded my conversation realm in the best way possible yeah, and like your call. conversation <laughs> about like femme lesbians and how they kind of experience like homophobia in their own sense also mm-hmm. like inspired me, like educated myself to learn about like, I mean, in a sense, biphobia and like yeah. just like anti-lesbianism. Like it's yeah, like you've just expanded my realm of conversation so much. So thank uh-huh. you. For that. Thank you. I feel like that can apply to anyone anywhere. It's like everyone's having their own struggle and it's really easy for us to focus on what applies to just ourselves and like not take a look at everybody else and be like, oh, people judge you for this and this and this. So I think having that perspective on anyone is so helpful. It just makes you be able to like speak to other people properly. And I don't know. I wish people did that a little bit more, Mm. but sick well I'm so excited to do this like I'm so excited oh my god I know I like freaked out whenever I commented on I forget what article it was on Instagram like I don't know New York Times whatever it was like the today show thing yeah I'm like there's a thousand articles on you but and then you responded I was like ah oh my god Erica Sullivan knows who I am (laughs) oh my god Kimmy Scott knows who I am I love this this is just gonna be one big like fangirl episode and it's perfect in the best way possible. And I know people bring it up all the fucking time, but like <laughs> your guys' breakup video no. was just like, it broke me. And then the, and then the one where you guys like, I wasn't it like, if it got like 600,000 likes, you guys would do the reunion video. Like you yeah. and Stevie and Allie both did like a reunion video at the same time. Yeah. 
I was on it. My Tumblr was popping for like two months after. Oh my, do you still go on Tumblr? Yeah. <gasps> oh, I love Tumblr. I want to get back on. Thing. I like still have it. I think, I don't know if it's deactivated, but oh, that's some, that's the good shit. That's the good old days. It's <laughs> the good old days. I just like how like the least amount of people follow me on Tumblr. And it's like, to be honest, like brands don't look at your Tumblr. Yeah. It's like a safe space, like unfiltered, Mm -hmm. just like, I can swear. I can talk about my crush. I can Mm -hmm. just do like all of that on Tumblr. Yeah. You can do anything. And it really feels like, it's like how the internet used to be where you're like, this is anonymous. Nobody knows it's me. And I was like, oh yeah, this is out there. This is in the world, but Tumblr now it's it's our secret little Narnia. Okay, before we get into the questions on you, we have to start with our trivia question. I'm ready. You're ready? Oh, you're excited for it. I'm Everyone's so always like, <laughs> I freaking love you. Okay, the question is, um, where, where is the question? Here we go. In public places in the state of Florida, what's illegal to do when wearing a swimsuit? I love these like state law trivias that never make any sense. Um, illegal to do in a swimsuit. I'm drive drive a car. It's definitely not that. That makes no sense. But I'm going to no, it. not in Florida. I don't think it's got to be something so stupid. Um, because it's Florida, so it has to be like something we, like out there, like rob a bank. <laughs> yeah, like I was like that's not say, already like, illegal. Parasa- like skydiving. Oh. That's smart. I'm going to say drive a car. I know it's not, but I'm just going to like, I don't know. Cause aren't you like not allowed to drive without shoes on? Oh no, you're not allowed to. No. Yeah. I do that all the time. I do that too. <laughs> okay. The answer is, why do I keep losing it? Um, singing, singing with the swimsuit on like one that's got to happen. There's got to be like a karaoke beach bar, a bonfire. Yeah. Yeah. And why? What it's, I want to know what someone did what in was- a swimsuit singing that it now made it illegal. And it, you know, if we're to make it a law, it probably had to happen more than one time. Where they- exactly. That's it. No more. I'm going to look into that. I'll share it during the outro of this episode if I find anything exciting, but yeah, there it is. Um, so this is season three. You're my second guest of season three and yeah. I, well, this is actually the third episode of season three and 33 is my lucky number. So this has to be a good episode. <laughs> Sick. I need to ask, wait, where's Frank? Is Frank hanging out? Oh, he is all the way downstairs. He's with Taryn in her office, oh. but I will, I will show you him at the end. Okay. He, he's a treat. He has a treat he to is. see. Um, but a question, well, two questions I'm asking every guest now on the show, just to kind of like, feel like people have expanded their minds as we were talking before we started this episode and people have changed their minds on a lot of things. Is there anything, let's say in the last six months that you have changed your mind on? This is going to be big, small, anything. Yeah, this will be big and it was super eye-opening to me. So hopefully it'll be like eye-opening to someone else. The Olympics. Yeah. They're not as jazzed up as the media jazzes it up to be. Really? Do you think that's like specifically this year because it was in COVID time or do you think it was like this elusive thing people normally didn't see behind the scenes and then you went and you were like, oh, okay. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of both, but Mm -hmm. like 
also just because like the crowd was empty and it was just us definitely contributed to it yeah also I just remember like when I was eight watching Phelps win all those medals I was Mm -hmm. like that is like the most gorgeous pool I've ever seen in my life Mm -hmm. it's just a pool (laughs) it just felt all very normal yeah yeah it's a it's a competition pool that I've had countless competitions at was it feeling different though like were you like okay this is the fucking olympics or did it just feel like all the other extremely important competitions you've been to um honestly the olympics were less stressful than olympic trials for me well that kind of makes sense you're like i'm here what happens happens i was gonna get the tattoo like (laughs) that point as long as i race i was like i get my tattoo like whatever happens happens you're like this is the goal you know what and then you're like might as well just grab a medal while I'm here too. No big deal. I honestly didn't even think I would. So I was just like, oh, well, that was pretty cool. (laughs) You are like, I feel like this new wave of athlete that people are obsessed with and celebrity that people are obsessed with of just being so you no matter what. I think that's why people are so clearly obsessed with you, which I'm sure you've Googled yourself by this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. You weird. can be honest. You can. I, it was the Buzzfeed article that really was. Like- That's what I have up. I, so I Googled your name, like right before we popped on, I'm like, did I miss anything that I want to talk about the top three articles? Like if these were about me, I would be so flattered. They're so the Washington boast is like saying how you charmed reporters. Yahoo is like talking about how you are like the epitome of an American. And it's your quote from right after you got your medal. And then this BuzzFeed article, y'all, if you have not seen this yet, it says Olympian Erica Sullivan is the new lesbian Supreme. (laughs) Did you read the whole thing? I read all of it. It's incredible. I scrolled through and I was like, wow, they found some old tweets. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They went digging. They went so far deep. I was like, wow. Yeah. You're like, what are they going to find? I would have, if that was me, I would print it out and like read it every morning if I was feeling down. Yeah, it's especially weird because I guess I never realized the reach of everything until I started doing like TikTok live streams. And they're like, I'm from Indonesia. I'm from Australia. Mm -hmm. I'm from Ireland. I'm like, oh my God. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like, that's actually a really good point because the Olympics have kind of always been that moment where it's like everyone from all over the world and it connects everyone and you hear about athletes you would never hear about and now with the internet we get that too so putting the internet especially tiktok like i got on olympic side of tiktok and it was the i loved that i was like i want to stay here forever this is so fun like everyone was like flirting with each other it was <gasps> did you flirt with anyone at the olympics Do we get any digits? I was on Bumble um, and Tinder and and it was bad. It was bad. Gay Bumble and gay TikTok were not the move. It was a lot of people who moved their location into the village. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there was that TikTok about that. That was like, I'm going to find my ass an Olympian. And that was it. And I was just like, well, there goes, there goes my shot. Yeah. That's a bummer. yeah. Yeah. It sucks that people can do that, that you can like, I don't know. I've never really used dating apps, so I don't really get how they all work, but like you can upgrade to be in the area. Is that how that works? Yeah. (laughs) I will say though, the Olympic card has helped me in college now flirting with people. Oh, do you like walk around with your medal and you're like, oh, this, I forgot I had that on. (laughs) I didn't even bring my medal here. 
Well, I wouldn't either. I'd be afraid someone would steal it. I'm like in the dorms and the dorms get robbed all the time. Yeah. And like, yeah. could you imagine calling your mom and being like, I lost my Olympic silver medal? <laughs> There's nothing I can relate to about that sentence. But like, could you imagine that? How, like, my no, mom, I, I really can't. You- <laughs> She'd be like, pack it up, honey. Don't she come home. She was fine with me being gay. She's fine with all that, but lost the silver medal. That's it. That would be get it. Out. That would be it. (laughs) So speaking of coming out, I'm so glad that your mom is supportive, but you said you recently came out because you weren't out when you were initially planning to go to college. Um, in terms of recent, I mean, I'm 21 now and I came out at 17. That's pretty recent. So that's pretty recent, but like, (laughs) I think in terms of perspective, 17 is pretty young. Yeah. Oh yeah. So were you still in high school? When you came out? Yeah, yeah. I was going into my senior year of high school when I came out as gay. I came out as bi a few months before. Mm -hmm. The trajectory of so many. It it was. (laughs) And I hate it because I it just makes like bisexuality invalid and it's really not. But for me, it was just a really comforting stepping stone. Your experience does not invalidate bisexuals. I think Mm -hmm. like I get that and I I hear that and I feel that, but because it was more comfortable for you to like take baby steps doesn't invalidate anyone whose step into bisexuality is the end of their steps. That doesn't change anything. That's not your fault. That's other people having a problem, not you. Exactly. And I just don't want to feed into that narrative. But like, for me, it was just like, I'm bi. And then I Mm -hmm. dated like another guy after that. And I was like, I think I'm done with boys. Like no more. You're like, uh, remember when I said I'm bi, I'm just going to backtrack there a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I love how in your Instagram bio, you have like LGBT and you have the L in parentheses. That's smart. I just like, I want to let people know. Like it's like, like, that's me. I I exist right here. I support all these other letters, but this one is me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so you came out at 17 in high school. Did we come out like how did we do that? Did we just come sprinting out? Did we tiptoe out? Well, besides the bisexual part. <laughs> yeah. So it was the, the closet was glass. I mean, every, <laughs> I had a lot of, I love that gay obsessions. Like I was 16, maybe like just turned 17 and I would watch, Oh God, this is like so old school. I would watch vine edits of like you and Shannon and <laughs> Stevie and Allie and I was super into Maya Mitchell and Camilla Cabello and Cameron from Camilla and Lauren from Fifth Harmony. So you weren't even trying to hide this is what we're saying. Everyone was just like, why are you so into all? I was like, I'm just an ally. (laughs) Ally. You're like, I just love these lesbians. They're so cool. I really just support them. Me, me, I'm straight, but I just support them. And then it was just, I like, now that I'm, I've had conversations with my friends, they're all like, we all knew you liked girls. We just didn't know what extent you liked girls too. Yeah. And the kind of like, we're going to allow you to navigate that. We're not going to tell you who you are kind of thing. Yeah. And I honestly think what made me come out at the time was like, so I had the realization and I was just like, it's not worth coming out. I'll wait till college. And then my dad was going through all his stuff that he was going through. And it was just like a lot of emotional stress where I was just like, I just couldn't bottle anything else in. Yeah. So I was like, that's it. The gay needs to come out. Like that can't stay in anymore. That is, I mean, that's so good that you recognize that because, um, and we, we don't have to go into any details, but your dad passed away when you were 16. Yeah. 16. Yeah. So 
I think a lot of people would suppress and bottom more and be like, I can't also deal with coming out on top of grieving my dad passing. Mm -hmm. That would be a lot. And I'm like, that's amazing that you had the ability to recognize that and go, okay, I can't add this on top of this trauma that I'm experiencing. So I need to remove at least this one burden that I have control over. Yeah. 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 I think it was just like my cup and it was just like being gay, uh, having to deal with like becoming like the, the leader of the house, just like having to step up my role. Yeah. And I had a choice of either like having to deal with like the family side of things or have mm-hmm. to deal with the gay. And I was like, eh, gay is gay. I'll deal with it later. Like come out, <laughs> whatever comes my way through that comes my way. Is that when you told your mom? Oh man. I, I told my mom, I was by when my dad was going through all this stuff. Like Yeah, it was just like, I said that and I didn't tell my mom I was gay until I was in therapy for Mm -hmm. my dad. Mm -hmm. Like the, cause apparently when you're younger you can't cope with grief properly. Yeah. So like my dad's stuff didn't hit me until around six months after he died. Oh gosh. So it hit me, I'm in therapy and um, I'm in there with my therapist. And one of the things was to come out to my swim coach. Cause that was something I really did not plan on doing. And he was like, and what do you identify as? And my mom was sitting at the table and I was like, I'm gay. And my mom, your therapist asked that. Yeah. And my therapist asked me what I was and I could have said I was bi and like privately been like, Oh, I'm gay. Yeah. It was like me, my mom, my therapist. And I was like, I'm just going to say it now. Like I am never dating a man again. I am gay. Rip this bandaid off in a very safe space. That's crazy. Wow. Honestly, good for you though. That's the best way to do it. Like, let's not tiptoe. And then you didn't have to like get the courage to, I I don't know why that was always the hardest part for me to like go up to them and tell them that. So just being asked it and just being like, yep, I'm gay. And then your mom's right here and you're like, mm-hmm. Yep. And then like, did, did she say anything right away or did she just like let you guys I mean, continue? She was just like, oh, it's Erica and the therapist conversation like at the time. And then like afterwards, my mom was like, in the most uninsulting way possible. She's like, are you sure it's not a phase? You know <laughs> just I mean? like a mom question of like, I, yeah. my mom definitely asked me the same thing of like, of just like, not like a, like it's a phase, but like, mm-hmm. are you sure it's not a phase? And yeah. then a few years later, I brought a girlfriend home to quarantine with me. And that was the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> I love how many people have that experience of like, bringing a girl- girlfriend home in quarantining. It's like the uh, COVID version of you hauling. <laughs> We're going to quarantine together. And you know, we, you'll learn. That was my <laughs> first U-Haul experience. And I was like, I will never do that again. You might, you might. <laughs> Kami, I can't. I had a girlfriend who I was dating for a month. And when the games got pushed back, I got depressed because, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking 2020 in my mind for years. And suddenly I had yeah. to think 2021. And, um, yeah. And then she stayed for what was supposed to be two to three weeks mm-hmm. and she ended up staying for six. Yeah. You, you know, you seem like you have a good head on your shoulders. I feel like you won't repeat mistakes. I feel like I you can't. got this. <laughs> I will never do it again. I will never you haul again. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Give it time. Give it space. Yeah. Don't need to move in right away. I can chill. I am still 21. I got Yeah. Time. You're I'm still a baby. And that is crazy. You turned 21 like right when you got back from the Olympics, right? I had the best 21st birthday of my life. Oh yeah? What I did we do? Olympic silver medalist, a Vegas local. Oh yeah. 
So you and were still living in Vegas at the time too, because it was before you left for college. Yeah. So I was about to, move. I came home from Tokyo on the third. Mm-hmm. Um, my birthday was on the ninth and I was set to move to college on the 17th. You just like really wanted to cram everything in. <laughs> we had a week of madness. So it was just like bring the metal and, um, they would, they were just like letting us in the, I got to go to a gay bar for the first time. Oh, fun. In um, Vegas? Yeah. 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 I've never been to a gay bar in Vegas. Um, it's okay. I'm sure WeHo <laughs> is like way better. And like, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Trust oh, me. Dang. I'm sorry. You'll love it the first time. <laughs> what is it called? Is it like the Palm Fest? The Palm Fest? Oh God, what there was that. that where, where did you guys go every year? The, oh, Dinosaur in Palm Springs. Maybe that's it. Yeah. That's like the big, yeah. It's like the big lesbian. Like, I don't know. I've only been to it once and it was crazy, but yeah, there's a big, like, I don't even know what to call it. It's like not a festival. It's like pool parties for a weekend. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I would definitely, for me, it wasn't more about drinking, but like, or like partying, but it was just more so just like, cause when I was three years at home, like I couldn't be like in the gay community as much as I wanted to because yeah. like, training was first. Yeah. Just being in this space where like everyone was just themselves was like mm-hmm. a really fun moment. Yeah. You got to like let loose on all levels mm-hmm. after training. You can, f- I'm so glad you didn't turn 21, like right before the Olympics. <laughs> that would have been really frustrating. Yeah. I was like totally sober for unbelievably long. Well, yeah, you were under 21. I hope so. I'm just kidding. Like I didn't even like have a sip of anything. I was, I was vegan for eight months leading up to the games. Like, yeah, you like went there. You're like, I was not messing around. And so like, I let myself let loose a little bit, have some fun, enjoy my 21st birthday and then packed up my bags and came to Austin. Yeah. God, that's so wild. What was training like for the Olympics? Like were you able to do all your normal things during COVID? Like, how did you guys swim together during COVID? How did that work? So I swam in, we, to stick to the gay narrative or stereotypes, I'm a horrible <laughs> driver. And I mean, a horrible driver. Actually, so I'm, I don't even have a car here. My mom would not let me bring my car yeah, just like, not um, a chance. Yeah. So I had a lawyer that I was in frequent contact with. And he would fix all my tickets, my accidents, whenever I got sued. And oh, you're that bad of a driver that you need like a specific lawyer to handle yeah. your stuff. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he had a 25 yard pool in his backyard. So I trained like me, me, my one other friend, and my coach, just the three of us trained at that house. And if we were able to make it out the 40 minute drive, we'd go to Lake Mead. Mm-hmm. And you, wait, you were practicing in a lake? Lake Mead. It's where, do you know, like the Hoover Dam? Yeah. You know, the lake connected to that? We yeah, swam in there. That, what? It was disgusting. It was Is that so like crazy. normal for training to swim in a lake or was this just because of COVID times? Well, so I'm a dual sport athlete in the sense of I do pool swimming and I do open water swimming. Okay. And open water swimming is pretty much you're in the ocean, you're in harbor, you're in bay. And yeah. instead of doing, so the largest pool event is a 1500. The shortest open water event is a 5k. So That's you do the 5k, crazy. the 10k and the 25k. I'm a horrible swimmer. I should have prefaced. So I'm like, how? It's a lot. So that like, sounds insane. 
my 25k in 2019 took five and a half hours <gasps> I would simply die oh I thought I was gonna die I'm an experienced <laughs> swimmer and I thought I was gonna drown that's insane that is such a long time to be swimming Mm-hmm. It was like, absolutely crazy. Never, never standing at all. <laughs> no. Do, like, do you take breaks? No. So you flip over on your back and you have an open water bottle with like fluids and you just like chug and then you throw. And you keep that going. That sounds horrendous. And you do this for fun. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever do the 25K again. The 10K <laughs> like, is fun, but I don't yeah. think I'll ever do the 25K again. Yeah. That sounds horrifying. But also, I feel like practicing in a lake for a, like a pool race would be a lot different. Would it not? Yeah. Yeah. Strategies are different. You can't really count your strokes. You don't know how long you're swimming. Yeah. So it was hard. Like the first practice where the pools were able to open back up and we were in a pool again, we were Mm -hmm. so grateful. It was just like, Oh my God, finally like markers on the bottom of the pool are just so nice. (laughs) Oh my God. I, I just can't imagine like having to prepare for the biggest competition in your entire life and then not have like the perfect conditions all the time for training yeah, I feel like I'd be hard. a diva about it because well it's just hard because I feel like land sports like you you're able to condition by just running mm-hmm. so like football yeah football practice wasn't a thing but you're able to run to stay in shape yeah Same with like soccer and baseball but like swimming you need water yeah so it was just it was really hard and I think you can tell how difficult it was just by like how young the team was this year Mm-hmm. Did you swim with people that, well, we know that you're a fangirl of internet people. <laughs> Did you get to swim with any people? Were you like fangirling over anyone that you got to meet or like any Olympic athletes? Did you meet anyone that you were like, Oh my God. Um, no, I usually don't fangirl over the swimmers. Um, <laughs> you're like, I am the swimmer. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I've been like pretty well incorporated into the high world of sports. So yeah. Like, I've known Katie since 2018, Ledecky. Yeah. And like my inspirations, Ashley Twitchell and Haley Anderson. I've known them since I was 16. Mm-hmm. So like, they're my friends now. So like the fangirl aspect of it is gone. Yeah. Just respect them and admire them. Yeah. And train with them. And it's very mm-hmm. much a mutual, like, I will push you to be better. You push me to be better kind of thing. But yeah. um, no, I would say a lot of it came from like the most fangirling I did in the Olympic village was probably I got to meet Michael Phelps oh that's cool yeah that's a pretty cool moment yeah. <laughs> I got to, I see your medal and I was like of course like take the medal so You're like, like you want it yeah so like, do I you need another one <laughs> and he was just like oh this is just like Athens 2004 I was like yeah 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 just like Athens just never, like it 2004 you were four years old mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm like yeah I know totally what I've held an Athens medal <laughs> and um, another moment was getting to meet like, uh, the today show, like new yeah. anchors, yeah. So I got to meet, like Hoda, Savannah Guthrie, Al Roker. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And that's such a surreal moment to like, I'm sure you've watched so many Olympic athletes be interviewed by the same people. And now you're like, I'm here and I am the athlete being interviewed. And like, they all, like, it was also weird where they all thought my jokes were funny. And I was like, oh my God, wait, Al Roker is laughing at my jokes. <laughs> You're like, I'm actually funny. Let's go. You are yeah. funny. That's another reason why I think people really enjoy you. It's like that you're so real. You're just you all the time. You're just like open and honest and not like, I think it'd be easy to be pretentious as an Olympic athlete. 
Listen, I've grown to be humble because if you knew me my senior year of high school, no one would let me get an ego. <laughs> I love that. You're like what in the, like this girl was reading Fifth Harmony fan fiction in the middle of Spanish class. Like you're like, I know who I am. I'm going to own has, up to it. She has no right to be cocky. She is not better than anyone here. <laughs> reading the fanfic or writing the fanfic? Reading. I never wrote, never wrote the fanfic. <laughs> Keep that on record. I never wrote a fan. All right. I'm going to choose to believe you. I'm iffy on it, but I'm going to choose to believe you. <laughs> um, so you said the pressure was less intense at the Olympics than in qualifying. How do you feel about everyone who has been having a really hard time mentally? I know we kind of like touched on mental health and that you went to therapy when your dad passed. Do you still go to therapy? Um, I think they're going to put me in it because apparently like post-Olympic depression is a real thing. That makes a lot of sense. It's like you go from being like on top of the world and then back to normal life. And like, I feel fine. I've been the kind of person who's had a lot of hobbies outside of swimming. Yeah. I'm, I'm still chilling. I'm <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm kind of waiting on. for the ball to drop and like it hit, but I'm just yeah. kind of like looking around. I'm like, it hasn't hit yet. Well, good. Yeah. It's been a month and it hasn't hit yet, but maybe it I'm going to start therapy you. just in case. Yeah. Um, Good. Yeah. Keep your, yeah. keep your mental health in check. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was really surprised that like, I'm surprised anytime mental health is like some weird debate these days. I'm like, how are we not understanding how important that is? But I feel like it was such a highlight of the Olympics this year. Like it was just everyone criticizing people being like, are you dropping the ball? Can you just not handle the pressure? Like Simone Biles, I think was so incredible for going, you know what? This isn't good for me. This isn't safe for me. So I'm going to take a step back. And Naomi Osaka, who is just like arguably the coolest person in the world so speaking cool. up, I just think it's so powerful. And it's been a real big bummer to see some other athletes saying that they just like can't handle it. And then they kind of crash, which is sad. What are your thoughts on that? Did you like experience that yourself or see other athletes go through it? Yeah. I mean, like we weren't there with like the gymnastics team. Cause they were, they're a little above us. So they, they got a nice hotel and we were in the Olympic village, <laughs> but um, yeah, but I just like for people who are just like, Oh, like they only had one job. It's just like, they don't get it. Mm -hmm. Like and honestly, like, I don't even get it. Like, I felt like there was pressure on me when I was at the games to like yeah. do well. And I'm Erica Sullivan. I went into the Olympic games, 5,000 Instagram followers. <laughs> like, what if I did bad, no one would have bad an eye. And I would have just gone off into the distance. No one would have noticed. And I felt that pressure. And it's like, I can't even imagine how like Simone and Naomi feel were like, the whole country is on their shoulders. Oh my God. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that many eyes on me even to like walk normally, let alone like tumble and flip and do these crazy things that you could potentially die if you're not paying attention properly. Yeah. And like, I felt the pressure at the Olympic trials because I think people expected me to make the Olympic team. Yeah. And it just sucks because me and my roommates were talking about this. You can see it all on social media. So like we have um, a swim outlet called Swim Swam. And that's like our swim outlet where they do like 
prediction fantasy lineups of who's going to make the Olympic team. So you can just see how many people think you're going to do it and how many people think you don't. Do you feel like better? Is it scarier having everyone think that you're going to do it and make it and there's that pressure or is it scarier when no one thinks you can do it and you're like, I need to prove them wrong. Um, I'd rather have no one think I could do it and prove it wrong. Yeah. I've, I've just been better that way. And I had to delete all social media, like, or at least I didn't delete social media, but I muted them in like all Smart. the swimming outlets, like a month out. Mm-hmm. And I just, I had to like, mm-hmm. it, cause you can tell yourself you won't read it, but then like it's you're so hard not to, and you accidentally, cause I was using swim swim to keep up with my friends. Yeah. And like, you'd scroll and you see an article that was like predictions of the 1500 women's freestyle. And you read it, you, you go to the comments and you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. you have so many like healthy practices to keep your mind right. Did someone teach you these things or are you just like through experience, you've realized what you need and what you don't need? I think it's like a sink or swim kind of mentality just because it's like, I feel like in the world of just like working hard and like mental energy and like social media and that stuff, it's like you like trying is like definitely mentally exhausting, but it's not physically grueling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think the only, there are very few um, people in the world who understand like what hitting your max peak potential is like. Mm -hmm. And once you hit your peak, you just, you don't have time to deal with like mental energy draining things. Yeah. I think it was just like, okay, Erica, you're barely making it through these workouts right now. Your body hurts. Mm -hmm. You cough in bed and you, you want to (laughs) cry. Like you, you roll over in bed and you like 10 things just click in your shoulders. Mm -hmm. Like if you can't deal with that, like the physical aspect of your body right now, like screw the mental, like just get it away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, you have a very balanced mindset, which is really great. Thank you. Did you, I'm not gonna butcher your like eloquent, perfect quote after you meddled, but you were talking about how you kind of are like the epitome of an American person, which I, that was my favorite thing. I've read in a long time. I think that's so true. And it's, it's the epitome of what America should be. It's kind of like where America, what, what America truly is in the backbone of America and what a lot of people want to just ignore. Did you, was that just like a proud moment that you were there as this like minority placing at the Olympics or was there added pressure because of that? How did you feel about being gay? and mixed in America yeah I never really like thought of it as a like oh so many like gay people are looking up to me to do this Mm -hmm. but I just I don't know I feel like with most of my friends are very you know on a specific side of the political spectrum just because we are gay and we are minorities in that sense so And I just remember like, I would be hanging out with them and you see a truck like flying an American flag and it would just be like, people would be like, ew, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's the stereotype, it's the narrative. And it would suck because when I put the American flag on my cap, I am like so proud Mm -hmm. and I, I represent it so well. And, um, when I, you know, when I put my hand in my heart and I stand there for the national anthem, like I didn't want to be viewed as those people. Yeah. And 
it just made me angry because I'm just like, I'm just as American as the next person. But yeah. why is, why did they get to take that narrative? Why did they get to take the American flag and make it theirs? Because it's not their place to do that. Like mm-hmm. the American flag represents everyone, similar to how the pride flag represents all of us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was just, you know, like just after my race, I just had a lot of time to think and be like, I just swam with the American flag on my cap. And I feel like a good majority of the country honestly isn't even a big fan of the flag. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, let's just like screw that. Let's change the narrative. Like, let's, this is what America means to me. And in the moment, it was just the right worded question. And mm-hmm. I just said what I thought. And I was like, I, I'm American. Like, yeah. I, I, that's just who I am. And it's like, yeah. And it's, I feel like at the end of the day, even though those type of people took that narrative, yeah, more of us are out there and the minority is the majority. Yeah. Whether people want to admit it or not. That is so true. My gosh. I, I agree with that sentiment. I have been really bummed that the American flag has like turned into a symbol of racism and just everything bad. And I was actually talking to my girlfriend, Taryn about the Olympics. And we were like, do I feel proud to be American again? And it really does make you feel proud. And to see so many different types of Americans, like it was so cool to see you as this gay woman standing up there and your family's from right outside of Tokyo, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like my, I have like the white side of my family and mm-hmm. all my mom's side, they all live in Japan. My mom mm-hmm. is the only family member who lives in the States and she's on oh, the wow. card. Yeah. That see, that's just like, that's so powerful. And that is, like you said, that is so American that it, it did make me feel proud again. And like seeing all of the Olympic merch, I was like, oh, this stuff's so cool, but Ooh, it has American flags on it. And I hate that that makes me feel like sad. I, but I am proud to be American because there's Americans like you who actually represent what America looks like to me and what it does truly look like. So it's almost like we need to, just like we took back the word lesbian, we need to like take back the flag. Yeah. Yeah. And it's honestly like, I still find myself, even though I said like, I was proud to be an American, I find myself struggling with that prejudice because even like when I moved into college, I was just like, I didn't bring a lot of my team USA stuff. Mm -hmm. Cause like, I didn't want to walk around campus and be like that person or like Mm -hmm. that girl. And it was just like, yeah. And I'm just like, why are we doing this? Like, let's let's take it back. Absolutely. You should wear all of that. So proud because you worked for that. And the more people like you and myself and Americans that we feel represent America, wear an American flag, we can take that back and we can make it not be like synonymous with a Trump flag. Unfortunately, yeah, and I, think, I think I'm a small step in that narrative. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's Simone Manuel, who was a 2016 gold medalist in swimming. Mm-hmm. She, she does that. And Simone, Simone Biles and just like, you know, any other woman of color who has done steps into reclaiming that by representing our country so well, just really SUNY Lee, she's yeah. the most recent one. Incredible. It's just <laughs> like, I, it's, it's going to take a long time, mm-hmm. but I think it, it's got to start somewhere. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. Um, before we wrap up, I just want to hear a little bit more about your family. Cause I didn't realize that 
just your mom was the only one on her side of the family that's in the States. Did she move here completely alone? No. So my dad had an international job and Mm. he worked in Asia as an engineer. Um, And I believe he worked like in Japan a lot. And my mom was very big on like American culture. I think English lit was like her major in school. Oh, wow. And she was a translator at my dad's engineering company. And they met that way. Cute. Yeah. And they lived in Singapore for a little bit. But then um, I think their company like downsized and they just Mm -hmm. moved strictly domestically. Mm -hmm. And they had to move to America and they were able to move anywhere in America. My dad said Chicago and my mom said LA. And my mom said no to Chicago because it's too cold. And smart, smart my woman. dad said no to LA because it's too expensive. So we landed in Vegas. Vegas was the compromise. There we go. Um, <laughs> I love that. Um, you were born in Vegas, correct? Born and raised in Vegas. Nice. Yeah. Oh, well, then I'm so glad you got to celebrate your 21st there and got was, to do live it up. <laughs> it was a full circle moment because it's like, I just know I'm not, I don't go to the strip very often. Mm-hmm. Just because like, it's like, why would we go down there? Yeah. There's when you live there, I feel like it's the hype is so like, just not there. And if you go down there, it's for like prom to have dinner at a nice restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that's such a weird experience that no one else has. So just getting to go down there and like see another side, just like experience it once in my life was really, really cool. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever go down there again though. You're like one and done. That's all one I and done. No more. Not my energy. <laughs> Did you go to prom in high school? Uh, yeah, I went my senior year with a friend, a guy friend. And that's, I was going to see if you got to go with a girl. I want to see these pictures. (laughs) I was chronically single my senior year of high school. (laughs) So just went with a bud. I was just, yeah. Trademark gay where like, that was just me. I was like, yeah, I'm just so jealous of anyone who got to go to prom with like their actual person or like if they're gay with the same sex person like that's the one thing I regret I'm like that would be so cool (laughs) cool. but it definitely wasn't me because and here's another thing like I never socialized outside of my swim group Mm -hmm. it was just all of us all throughout high school yeah it was in the worst way possible I think we all knew we were better than everyone (laughs) like we are too good for this well, we all knew like none of us were going to stay in Vegas. Like we yeah. all knew we were going to make it out and go to college out of state. So we we're just yeah. like, we're going to stick with us. And like, yeah. we were our own little clique. Did you already know, like you were on the trajectory of going to the Olympics when you were in high school? Oh, hell no, 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 no. I well, would think by like four, you'd be like, that's what's happening. I mean, I've always wanted it. I was on the national team going into my senior year of high school, mm-hmm. but that's crazy. That would give me a really big head. You're very humble and cool for doing stuff so young. I feel like I always call it the Justin Bieber effect when people get too famous, rich, or cool too young. And they have like, you kind of become an asshole out of default and you don't seem like an asshole. So well done. Thank you. My family (laughs) has managed to keep a good head on my shoulders, but no, just to put into perspective, like top six in each event make the national team, Mm -hmm. but only top two make the Olympic team. God, that pressure. Yeah, I was on the national team, but by no means does that even the top 30% of the national team makes the Olympic team. Yeah. So it was just like, like I was on it, but I honestly didn't think I had a shot at making the Olympic team until 
honestly end of 2018 2019 mm-hmm. which was like two years a year out at the time which is yeah. terrifying that is so wild and then when you went to the olympics were you like yeah i could probably medal here or you're like not happening um my coach said something about how i had a shot at meddling Mm-hmm. And he was like, you didn't swim trials the way you were supposed to. And you mm-hmm. still drop time. He's like, you swim it right. It's yours. Even then I was like, Psh, okay. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And so, and he, I just remember him just being like, race plan. Do not screw up your race plan. Stick to the, because I don't know if you end up watching the race, but mm-hmm. I went out way slower. Like the, my family was watching at home and they're like, okay, Panic. fifth is good. Fifth is the Olympics is <laughs> like, good. Whatever. Yeah. We'll take it. And then like, I started to build mm-hmm. momentum and they're all like, wait a sec, Erica like actually has a shot at this. So I think I don't know anything about swimming the more we're talking <laughs> because like, I just assumed that that's kind of like in track, like you, the person out front never wins track. Like it's always somebody that comes up from behind, not in swimming. It's like, it's, if you're up front, you're, yeah, you're pretty much just cause if you're up front fast, you have the momentum to build off of it. Mm-hmm. like Katie Ledecky she's always out so fast and she mm-hmm. just can see everyone she's in control the whole race yeah and like I just I you never start that far behind because mm-hmm. like normally at least in a 1500 swim like you get tired as your race goes on and you do not back half nine times out of ten that but, is just so crazy so how like how did you make that up then well, just, I mean, I've always been a trainer where my back half is just super strong. And yeah. but normally I just get so nervous that I just fly out front and end up dying. Mm-hmm. And my coach was just like, don't you do it. Whatever you do, don't do it. Just trust your training. Like, don't be scared if you're mm-hmm. not first right out front. Just trust me, trust me, trust me. Like Erica, don't freak out. And it's, I can't even imagine the stress that's on him. Cause at yeah. least like I can control what I'm doing but he can't control what I do. Yeah, that's true. That would be scary to just be like, no, yes, don't. Yeah. Do you even remember the race? I feel like it's so quick that I would just black it out. Yeah, I remember having a toe cramp. um, (gasps) No. I was was like, you know, when like your final two toes feel like they can't bend. Yeah, I wake up with those all the time. (laughs) I was like, this is weird. This is weird. Oh no, that would be horrifying. Yeah, like imagine was, your whole foot or leg cramps up and you're just like out there in the middle of the pool. Oh my God, I'd cry. Mine was just like two toes and it didn't even hurt. It just felt weird. And I was like, this is weird. This is weird. And yeah. it went away. And then I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. But <laughs> I love that you just look like you're casually paddling along for anyone who's watching the video version. If you're not, I highly recommend. <laughs> yeah, I did not look like I'm just, but I, to get to like the, the, the numbers of it, I have like a certain stroke count that I'm supposed to hold and I have certain tempos that I'm supposed to hit. So I just told myself to hit 43 strokes a lap. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you count, I'm going 43, 44, worst case, I don't think I ever hit a 45, but just 43, 40 strokes. And I'm just like counting. That's, counting that's probably strokes. calming to like, have to focus on counting. And then it's, it's just like methodical. And then you just keep doing it and doing it. And then you're like, Oh, do you, are you aware when you're under there? Sorry, I'm asking like the dumbest swimming questions. I'm just so curious what it feels like under there. Are you aware of where everyone else is? Well, it depends. Can you see people? Are you like, I'm not going to get distracted. So there were the three who were side by side on the other side of Katie. Yeah. I didn't see them. I just saw one line. Mm -hmm. I saw Katie ahead of me. I saw me and I saw another girl next to me. So I could see the two next to me. 
and I could see like the singular line of three, but I didn't know how many people were in that group. Yeah. And um, Katie had just had a really long day that day and someone had ended up beating her prior. So I just remember towards the end of the race, I didn't know I was second. Um, I saw Katie's kick getting closer and closer and I saw that I passed the group of three, mm-hmm. but I didn't know if someone had snuck ahead of Katie. Yeah. So I was like, I, I think I'm second, but someone else could be ahead of Katie and I have mm-hmm. no idea. So I was like, I was trying to stay calm. I was trying not to get my hopes up. And then when that I touch, wild. Katie slams the water and I was like, oh, Katie must've done a great job. And yeah. I look up and we went one and two and I was like, oh, wow. God, I cannot imagine how that would feel. Like you're just well, underwater, really don't know what's going on. Come up and you look and you're like, wow holy like, shit <laughs> yeah and normally I don't celebrate after my races like I'm just the kind of person to just like dap someone up and just give mm-hmm. them a hug and be like, good job but Katie's <laughs> whooping settled. everyone in the stands are whooping so I had to let out like a little like cheer a little scream I mean come on it's the fucking Olympics you have all good. to oh my god that is just so crazy I like have I'm, I feel like I'm experiencing it vicariously through you and I'm like feeling the excitement I'm like my heart's racing. I'm like, damn. And then they pull you out and they're like, you've been selected for drug testing. And you're like, yeah, (laughs) I know. (laughs) That is wild. That would be so bizarre. I get nervous. Like if I see like a cop car or if I'm going through customs and I know I didn't do anything wrong. I think if I was, this is so funny because I can't imagine any of this, but if I was an Olympic athlete, (laughs) I would be freaking out. I'd be like, somebody drugged me and I'm going to lose my medal. Well, it happens just because so many vitamins don't have to be FDA regulated. Yeah. There are so many like contaminated vitamins out there and it's happened or, Oh my God. It's happened so many times. If you like really look into like USADA and like false positives, like it, it happens. And like, so for me, I'm so paranoid that five days out, I don't take anything. Yeah. You're like no vitamin C for me. <laughs> no, Like if I need a melatonin to sleep, I am not taking it. Mm-hmm. That's um, crazy. I didn't realize that, that they could be cross-contaminated and that could just ruin everything. Yeah. Like everything has gone that way. And so I don't risk it, but, um, yeah, yeah it's a scary thing. I Nothing feel like, like the Olympics needs to upgrade or update, not upgrade, update their whole, like drug system that like they should also be able to know if there's trace amounts from like a vitamin it's crazy yeah. well it's hard because they don't know if the trace amount is from a vitamin or if you took it from a long time ago yeah yeah it's like how do you even like judge that yeah and it's honestly not even the olympics that test it's like usada and wada so it's our yeah. like, united states doping ministry and the worldwide doping agency so mm-hmm. like we've had so many meetings to know what we're supposed to do so it's just like that's okay. And like, yeah, things need to be updated, but I feel like as an elite athlete, we've kind of learned to just, yeah, they're above us, just follow the rules kind of thing. Yeah. God, I would be paranoid to like, I don't know, use mouthwash. I don't, everything would freak me out. I'd be nervous of everything for us. It's like a scary one. So like I have asthma and like my inhaler freaks me out. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't take it unless I'm like about to pass out. Yeah. You're like, I, well, I'll pass out first and then take me to the hospital. (laughs) Gosh, it's swimming probably helped your asthma a lot, huh? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah. It really did. And it also helped my scoliosis. (laughs) Really? 
Yeah, because like scoliosis athletes, you're just vertical all the time. We're yeah. all horizontal. Oh, yeah. It's probably stretching it out. Wow. Swimming's where it's at. I know. I mean, <laughs> sure, my shoulders are all messed up now, but that's fine. That's you fine. know what's really funny? I have swimmer shoulder and I can't swim, but I have swimmer shoulder. You were a shoulder. dancer. You don't have the dancer shoulders? I mean, maybe that's what it, it no, I mean like the injury swimmer shoulder. Oh. Yeah. Dang, how did that happen? From dancing and cheerleading. Oh, <laughs> it's just awful. not called that, like a cheerleader shoulder. But yeah, I like have, I don't know, I have all kinds of issues and I was trying to figure out recently and it's swimmer shoulder. Do you have so. the click every time? Oh yeah, every time. Just like click, click, click. And it like hurts all throughout here. Like, you know, Erica, we're the same. I just don't have the metal. I agree. <laughs> Honestly, Cammy, you're like 200 times cooler than I am. What the oh hell? yeah, right, dude. Get out of here. You are no, the coolest person I've ever met. With the lesbian squad, so bad. Well, come hang out. Well, you have an open invitation. Let I'll us know when metal. you're in LA. You guys can yeah. take a picture with the metal. There we go. We will exchange the secrets to look at the metal. <laughs> with the metal and the lesbian YouTube squad, I would be unstoppable in the <laughs> in the crush game. Like I, I'd be getting numbers left and right. I'm sure you already do. It's kind of like hard to say that you are an Olympic medalist and not well, have people I'm just gushing just over like you. Your, I'm your typical lesbian where I've just been crushing over the same girl for like three years. Yeah. That's rough, huh? It is what it is. That is, that is what happens. Yeah. Do you have anything to say to her? <laughs> I mean, she knows, I mean, oh she fully knows. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's, I told her I was doing this interview with you and she was like, that's so cool. I was like, yeah. oh, oh my gosh. Well, shout out to your crush. Yeah. You gave me some clout. So thank you. For that. <laughs> happy to happy to yeah. let me know when you're in LA. Thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. You're awesome. You're awesome. Thank you for letting thank me you. do this. This is so cool. I love you. You are welcome back anytime. Let me know when you're in LA. Can you let the people know where they can keep up with you? Yeah. So my big three are TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. On Instagram and TikTok, I am Erica.Sully, S-U-L-L-Y. And on Twitter, I am Erica underscore Sully. There we go. Erica, you are awesome. Thank you so much. And I will talk to all of you next week. Bye. Bye.